And welcome to That Sports inaugural episode. My name is Alex, and uh, I'm really excited to be here. You've just listened to Steve Benjamin, a song called A Laughing Heart. You can find Steve's music on Spotify or wherever you find your music. And we're going to jump right in here. I'm going to introduce the cast of characters. I should just say, fellas, that there's this adage in sports that you're only as good as your last game. There's a real possibility this might, might be our first and final podcast, so let's not screw this up. Here we go. We've got Chris. Chris, let's, let's hear something sports-related about you. I've spent the uh, last three seasons working with uh, Major League Baseball. Uh, Josh, let's jump down to you. Let's, let's hear something about you, sports-related. I am a, uh, a beer league all-star for hockey, played hockey my entire life, and a semi-professional race car driver. All right, we're going to jump over to John. Uh, John, let's hear something about you. Uh, I'm a diehard Miami Dolphins fan, uh, played a little ball, and in my spare time, I raise uh, mini ponies for racing. And let's jump down to Jesse. Uh, you can also refer to him as Hove. Or I'm done. Uh, let's hear something about you, Jesse. I love hockey. Um, used to play pretty high-level hockey growing up. Played against and with Chicago Blackhawks coach Jeremy Carlton. Well, thank you. Here we go. Thank Get you. The we're going to go uh, to our first topic. Since we all live in Toronto, uh, we're going to jump right to the Maple Leafs. And we're going to yes. talk about their most recent signing, Joe Thornton. Uh, we have one... Um, podster here who, who has very strong opinions about Joe. I actually think he is quite um, enamored with the guy. So let's start with you, Josh. Uh, what do you think of the signing and what do you think it means for the Leafs? And what do you think of, of, of big Jumbo Joe in general? The signing, uh, objectively, you know, 700K for a year. I mean, you can't really argue with that. I mean, for what Joe has produced in the past and even what little hockey he has left in him. Uh, that's a good deal. So you, you, I actually you can't argue too much with what the Leafs have done in this off season. The problem I have with the signing is that I think that Joe brings a certain uh, apathetic attitude to the locker room. I, it's not apathetic in terms of wanting to get to know guys and being a good teammate. I think it's apathetic in terms of like intensity on the ice. I don't think he plays with a lot of intensity and urgency. I think he's okay with losing, and I think he brings that to the locker room. And the Leafs need – they don't need that. In terms of veteran presence, I think they have everything they could get out of Joe Thornton with Spezza. Like, I, I really think that in the locker room, in that team, I don't see what he's bringing other than an attitude that that's just going to kind of hinder – the attitude that's already there with the Leafs. Because you don't have to win in Toronto to be a star. Toronto loves its hockey and loves its hockey players. So if you're a hockey player and you're playing in Toronto, you're, you're, you know, you're getting free drinks at clubs and you're, like, you're the hero, you might as well have the keys to the city. And now you're Josh, bring- what do you say to the fact that, yeah. that Joe has said that he came to Toronto to win, to win Wait, a Stanley Cup? You're telling me he hasn't tried to win the past seasons in San Jose? You're telling me he hasn't tried to win – the past seasons like I mean he's been trying to win this whole time he hasn't done it he's gotten close what Vegas and the conference but isn't that a compliment to your Kings though can't get past the Kings yeah I mean obviously that's a compliment well he's gotten past the Kings a number of times but yeah obviously that's a you heard it here folks hot take 
but the Kings have won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wings, the Kings have won two cups, whatever. They've dominated Joe Thornton forever. 2012, The reality is it's very hard to win Coming a Stanley Cup. Coming back three games to it's none. It's very hard to win a Stanley Cup. Look at the Blues. They were in it from fucking, what, 92 to now. They've always made the playoffs. They've always been close, and it took them this long to win a cup. Because they um, needed that intensity. The, Same with Tampa Bay. Okay, well, maybe. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. And I also don't know – I, I don't know that Joe doesn't bring something new. Spezza, Marlowe, these guys, they, they're quiet. They're a little more serious. They're a little, they're not, they're not as engaged. They're not as, 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 I don't know what the word is for Joe, but he's got that charisma that people, uh, people listen to him and he's able, he'll be able to call these younger guys, these guys that maybe don't, aren't used to um, that Babcock style that they don't like that, X's and O's, super tough bullshit. And, uh, and they need someone who's a little more casual, someone who understands, you know, um, that, that, that uh, playing hard, and I'm stealing all Chris's shit right now, so I feel bad. I don't know what else to say about this. No. I'm just going to let Chris – I'm going to let Chris finish his own point here. So No, J- Jesse, you're completely right in the fact that, like, Joe Thornton says, I came here to win a Stanley Cup. I need to win a Stanley Cup. The culture of Toronto hockey has changed. And it's changed because of the Raptors winning the world championship. This city needs another world championship that's not just the Raptors. So they've gone out and they've spent less. Like you can buy a house in Rexdale for less than what, or for more money than what Joe Thornton just signed for. You can buy a house down here in like South Etobicoke for way more than what Joe Thornton signed for. He's, he's like an hour and a half away from his parents. He's an hour and a half away from where he grew up. He doesn't want to be in the U S anymore. He wants to win the Stanley cup. This is what it is. Toronto's a hockey town. This, this is where he wants to be. And this Leafs team, they need someone like him. They need a guy who's going to turn around and like bet a couple of the trainers, which one of them can run faster and watch them run down the hall. They need that sort of thing from a leader in the locker room because you're right, Jesse, the Mike Babcock stuff didn't work for this team. It works for guys like Thornton. It works for an older generation, but these younger guys, they don't respond to that type of coaching. They, they, yeah, exactly. Sorry. Just to chime in, Chris, I agree with you. Sorry. Not to cut you off. Exactly. They don't respond to that coaching because, and, and exactly what Jesse says too, it's, it's these type of players, this generation of players with any sports, they want to be, related to they want to be able to you know they, they can't take that like you know just yelling at them just for the sake of yelling and do your job right and goes to even what jesse was saying about spezza yeah i i've always thought spezza was decent but i don't and i'm the one of the out of all these people right now i'm the least guy that should be talking too much hockey but spezza ain't a leader he doesn't come with the pedigree that joe thornton yeah. brings he doesn't need to be that in your face leader but everyone looks at it like this is joe thornton coming in this is hall of famer who's going to have that lustrous beard flowing on the Hall of Fame window <laughs> that Josh McClement has to walk by every day. It's going to be great. And so, yeah, I, I'm just, that's one of my two cents that I agree completely with what Jesse and Chris yeah. said. What do you guys think of Joe saying that he spoke with Joe Montana and Joe Montana uh, gave him what he needed in terms of motivation or something like that to Before, sign with the Maple Leafs? Let me just say right off the bat, Joe Montana was talking about going to Kansas City. He never won with Kansas City. What do we all think about that? 
Listen, first of all, I'm going to say this. Joe Montana is up there in the top three quarterbacks of all time. All right. Who's man, ahead of him, John? This Who's man, ahead of him? Dan Marino. I think I'm you're sorry? missing somebody. Yeah, Roger Stallback. I think he's wanting you to say Brady. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, you, you <laughs> I, I know what he make wants. you feel good if you say it. <laughs> I ain't going to say, say it. it. Yeah. Anyway, no, just saying. Joe Montana wrestles his grandkid away from an intruder. So, hey, man, you see Joe Montana's advice, he tells Can you, I? you listen. That's all I'm saying. Can I say something here? Uh, I just want to respond to, like, Chris's comment about coaches. I mean, yeah, you, you, you can say that, and I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you, Chris, because Cooper with the Tampa Bay, I think he's that new generation coach that you're talking about, right? Like that one that relates to players. He's a player coach. He's not pushing guys, like, farther than he needs to. But, I mean, uh, I think the question is, is it a one-off? Like, is it a one-off? Is Cooper a one-off? Because if you look at the past coaches, whether it's Chicago, L.A., St. Louis, whoever you want to look at, those guys coached their teams hard. Like, they pushed them. They yelled at them. They expected a lot from their players. I can't say – you can't say that they were a player coach. Maybe, like, Craig with St. Louis, maybe he was a player's coach. I don't really know. It doesn't strike me as that, but you could be right. You could be right. I mean, the Babcock thing in Toronto, but let's be honest, Babcock, like, I think he's overhyped in general. But I think I think before we can say that we've moved to that new generation, I need to see more from those coaches because I still think you need that depth, that grit, that intensity to win a Stanley Cup. And, and, that, and that brings up the whole point of the fact that uh, <clears throat> this, this season wasn't a good litmus test for Sheldon Keefe. Like he didn't have much to really play with. He he didn't have as many games as he would have if the season was was you know not under these extenuating circumstances of a global pandemic. But what he was able to do with this team and take them to the bubbled playoffs, you know that's great. And I think Joe Thornton can add to what Sheldon Keefe needs in the locker room to be able to pull these kids who just game and play Fortnite to bring them back to things that happen in the locker room, things that happen on the ice. Here's another thing to think about is uh, franchises have to be really careful. Like the shit that coaches pulled in the past isn't going to fly anymore. Babcock fucking emotionally manipulating Marner into you know, playing better. Just people heard about that shit and were disgusted, right? You can't have, you can't have these coaches that are just borderline crazy. Like well, talking, talking to guys, but like compare to, that to Scotty Bowman, like is Scotty Bowman crazy? Like, I mean, his well, track record. Scott, but Scotty well. Bowman was also, he had, he had a, uh, an understanding of the game that was also otherworldly. It wasn't just that he was a tough coach. Like you look at the Sutters, the Sutters. Yeah. They have been known for being, fucking insane i've talked to guys who play in the whl under sutter and they said the guy is no, crazy <laughs> he's actually crazy and like that's just not gonna work like skating people for you know four hours straight is not gonna work anymore that's, that's I'll, I'll say this to your point jesse i think you're absolutely right there because i think good coaches can do what they do like a bad cup but great coaches know how to evolve and yeah. it goes to that point, right? And I'll yeah. bring it to this. Not That's to a great point. It. And I think, Alex, you're going to like this, that look at Belichick. He rode Brady. He never said one good thing about Brady. You bring in Cam Newton, and he's saying what a great leader is because Cam Newton is that player. Brady grew up like Brady can take that. 
He he has Bruce Aarons. Bruce Aarons is a great coach. Bruce Aarons is going to call you out no matter what, right? Belichick is smart to realize, okay, now I got Cam Newton. It doesn't call you know, I'm not trying to try to take it over on football, but the point is you bring in Cam Newton and he knows that he needs that more of that, you know, loving. Yeah, no. So it's, hey, good, it's good that you're bringing it to football, John, because our next segment is on our, our fantasy football league. So, okay. So let's jump into our fantasy football league here, gentlemen. Uh, we're all in the same league. It's called fantasy friends. Uh, it's been going for a few, few years here. Uh, Heavy on the fantasy, I'll, low on the friends. Yeah, <laughs> friends yeah, the friendships are, are waning. <laughs> let's say that. Um, <laughs> One guy doesn't even talk big stories from this week, okay? So, uh, Jesse. I'm still waiting for someone uh, to storm Jesse out of this. decided to hoard the defenses. So, I don't know if he's got four or five right now in his lineup trying to. I got three. I got three. Taking my points from other Three people. top defenses. Um, and top then the other storyline is Antonio Brown got picked up by John uh, today. Yes, so the very, very good Antonio move. Brown Great the move, John. So, two more um, weeks. There we go. Uh, so anybody jump in on, on fantasy football? Listen, I'm going to jump in. So when you just say that with Antonio Brown, I'll tell you this, man. Yeah, I got two more weeks. He goes against the Saints, and I'm just looking at my lineup as DeAndre Hopkins as my number one, my number two, Julio Jones, and put in Antonio Brown. Posse as my flex. Probably won't play him in the first week. See how he does. But, hey, you, you came down to New England when the Raiders finally cut him, and he tore a piece off of Miami last year. Julio so. Jones is – what Joe Thornton is, but in fantasy football, he's an incredible, no. incredibly oh. player, but he never Alex. wins. Stay away from Julio. There, there you go. Listen, Atlanta it's itself, Atlanta is just a, it's just a poop show. I am so, it's a dumpster glad, fire. I am so <laughs> glad that they got rid of that GM. I can't even, it's what Dieferhofer, whatever his name is. Cause you know where he came from? You know where he started? He started in that Belichick days in Cleveland. He was just okay, a this runner. is good that we're going to the Patriots because I would say that the reason why Atlanta – I don't think anyone brought so up the Patriots. It's because <laughs> we brought they've up never – they have never recovered from Super Bowl XL – what was it? XLIX. 49. Oh, I'm wearing XX. Super Bowl 49. Uh, when <laughs> I'm getting scored, that. was it uh, 31 unanswered points, job. down 28 to 3. Uh, greatest comeback maybe of sports history, definitely in my lifetime. I think that's why Atlanta just, oh. they can't recover. All right, let's, All right, let's stick with I, fantasy I sports there. here. Let's stick with fantasy sports here. No, no, no. So here's my question for you, Chris. <laughs> why are you so pissed off about about me having defense? Do you have a good defense? Do you, you got Buffalo. They're not bad. You well, have the Eagles, Eagles, the Ravens, and the Chiefs, just to throw yeah. that out there, right? The yeah, Eagles, the Chiefs. Who knows what the Chiefs are going to do? I'm Ravens, taking a total fucking guess here. Like, Bill, it, could, it could be 40 to 30. Like, uh, it could be a fucking shootout. But, Jess, no, like, let's be real. Like, you're keeping those fucking defense so that nobody else gets them. Yeah. Right? That's why you're yeah. – and for I didn't see. Trade, I didn't they, see anywhere that I was in the rules. I didn't uh, – uh, you know, no, I didn't, it's uh, just a dip. there's been, Ooh, let's just say, all. there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of sketchy shit that's gone on in our fantasy league, which I'm oh. totally cool with. One I'm totally cool with. Oh, here we go. Here we was, go. I'm totally cool with. Collusion. Everyone getting on me for, <laughs> for legitimately just fucking seeing who my opponent is and taking away, you know, a possible option for them. That to me just seems like a strategy, but. It is a strategy. That is true. Have we said enough it, on it, fantasy it, football? Strategy. Like, your Philly defense got nine points. Nine points in fantasy uh, for defense is good. You're averaging about maybe like five or six. Except right? I was a fucking so, idiot and I didn't put is, them in. 
But yeah, but you still got Baltimore on your bench, and you got Kansas City. Baltimore just traded traded back for um, uh, the guy that from Jacksonville. So he's on the same end as Clay as Campbell did when they both in Jacksonville, and Jacksonville had that defense. Baltimore is primed as a that's going to be a great defense, right? Like it is anyways, right? So the point I think it has is like, yeah, man, like it's not against the rules. It's just like it's just like how the like the little draft thing was. It's not against the rules, but it's just kind of like, man, three defenses. Then you tell us where it's for sale. Right, well, you want my you want like. Antonio Brown for a defense? What are you hoping to get out of this? I was having a That's all it is. Jesse, three pieces of advice. Three pieces of advice my father gave me. Number one, always roll it yourself. Number two, don't be a rat. And number three, don't let anyone know where your goat's parked. Nobody talks you, and everybody walks. You always let us know where your goat's park. And I do. I, just I can't get my mouth shut. It's, it's, good, good. My, it's, it's, my, uh, it's my great it's weakness. A it's a strategy, man. And it, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to learn from uh, Darcy how to keep my mouth shut. But so here we go. We're going we're gonna to pivot here, guys. That was great on fantasy football. Now we're going to pivot. Okay, so here we go. NBA playoffs. I'm going to bring in John here. John's going to lead it off here. We're going to. NBA, I'm not thoughts. done talking about fantasy. Let's talk we're about done. that. We're done. We're done. Segment's oh, over. fuck you. We're done. Listen, Time is money. What's going to happen? We're going to Time NBA playoffs. Money. John, let's hear your thoughts on uh, basically just any surprises out of the bubble. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, anything. I'll go yeah. back to it. First surprise, again, like I said, Miami Heat, man. Like, uh, I don't think many people picked I'm not saying it didn't happen, but I really wasn't seeing Miami going it all the way. Uh, it was it's weird coming back in the bubble, and like I said earlier, it's just crazy how Phoenix goes on a tear in the bubble, just went on a tear, right? Like that to me right there, I never was a big fan of Devin Booker. Yeah, he goes to Kentucky. We all know that Kentucky makes good good NBA players, but he kind of cemented a little bit like, oh, this this kid is – this kid's working. This kid really wants to like move. Um, not super shocked at L.A. Uh, the minute they got J.R. Smith, and if Darcy was on here, I'd give him props to that as J.R. is his boy, but – that was a good move for me. I'm happy that Dwight Howard. He didn't do anything. J.R. Smith did nothing for them. Uh, but that's like, he, what, what did you expect him to do, man? He wasn't going to come out off the bench and score like 20 a game. I expect him to blow one of the finals games like he did in Cleveland. But, but yeah, but, he, but to me, that's just a good sign. He's played with LeBron. He knows his role. That just adds a, that's a, adds a piece. Uh, happy for Dwight Howard getting his ring. Upset that Rondo got a ring with the Lakers. I'm still a big Rondo fan. But, you know, it, to me, it wasn't a super shock to see L.A. win. Disappointing as a Celtics fan that they're all tied with, with Boston for the championships. But, hey, Boston's on the uprise. Uh, Toronto. Toronto took it to, to Boston. That was good. But, again, Siakam. Like, come on, man. Like, I, I never really bought into that hype. To me, it was just still a little bit too early for the kid because Kawhi made him look good. Kawhi made that whole team look good. And I touched on it before, and I don't necessarily think Kawhi – necessarily won Toronto the championship. I am a big uh, Maasai fan. I think he, he's learned and he knows how to build a team. And that was just a smart move. Absolutely, to this day, you give up to Rosen every day for Kawhi. Absolutely. And I think those pieces were in place. Clippers imploded. The Clippers ain't going to win until they move to Seattle. That's what's going to happen, man. That guy, you take them out of LA and stick them up in the back up in Seattle. Then we'll, then we'll see. But yeah, that, that was just a quick initial thoughts, man. Like, it wasn't too shocker for me, but it doesn't cement anything for me with LeBron. To me, LeBron, that didn't mean anything to me Yeah, about him winning his, what, his third, right? One with Cleveland, yeah. two with 
I mean, this is the big this is the big debate. Does does him winning his fourth championship does it put him in the same uh, company? I was more impressed. What what do people think? I was more impressed with Cleveland. I was more impressed with his Cleveland win than him going off to right. That I think that was his best moment. Yes. Essentially, he's picking like twenty seventeen. Yeah, that was that was the best one, right? Like we all know when he took it down to South Beach. He had Chris Bosh and we had Dwayne Wade, but this one that was more impressive. Put him in with the Jordan, like in the Kobe. Sure, man, like just on his talent alone, right? Like just on his talent alone, like that kid, like unreal, unreal athlete, unreal skill on it, right? And how many like, consecutive it's, it's finals? Like eight or nine? Eight, or, like yeah, which is crazy, right? When you look at it, but. You know, I think sometimes LeBron gets dogged because I think because of his talent, it doesn't show he has that what now the, the youths are calling Mamba mentality, but grew up a, as, as the Jordan mentality, right? He didn't have that drive because LeBron had that ability right from high school. Le- Kobe had to learn that. He was a scrawny kid out in L.A. Jordan got cut from his team freshman year, right? He had to earn all that. That's, and it's a different style that goes back to our Thornton conversation, different style of the game. LeBron brought in this generation and he revolutionized the game. So I'm never going to take away from that man's talent. Just doesn't cement it to me with the championship that, that I think just overall with that, it cements it because what else more can the man do? Right. So you still have Jordan ahead of LeBron. I still do, man. And I think that's just also just from the era of what I grew up watching. Right. Like, you know, bird magic, the face of the eighties, they, they changed the game in the eighties. Jordan took that from him. And then he just, he just made, basketball global like he just blew that up like i think we all watched the uh the doc on netflix right with the, and so it, t- it touches on that right lebron did the same thing lebron revolutionized the game i don't always buy into that you have to have rings to prove status because dan marino is the greatest quarterback of all time and he ain't got no ring right but anyways yeah that, that's my point of it like i think i don't think he needs to prove any more championships to prove his Ability because I look at what he's done for the game of basketball, LeBron, and LeBron's done a lot for the game of basketball. But yeah. Jordan, understand no to me, Jordan, because he he's changed it because he came around with it, but he didn't revolutionize it like a like Bird, Magic, and Jordan did. In my my estimate. one thing I'll say, and I'm not a LeBron fan. I think Kawhi is the best playoff basketball player right now, and I'm biased because I'm a Raptors fan, and Kawhi <laughs> I think brought the championship to Toronto. So I will, I will love him. Why couldn't he do it with the Clippers? Why couldn't he do it with Paul George? Chemistry, chemistry is huge. So yeah, he had chemistry absolutely. in Toronto. Didn't yeah. have it with the Clippers. Um, yeah. Well, I, okay. I think it goes beyond chemistry because it's not like we're talking about Tinder here. We're talking about a, a team sport that really requires a anchor player. And in the NBA, those are the superstars. Those are your LeBron Jameses. Those are your Kawhi Leonards. Those are your Michael Jordans. But it's the team that you put around those people, and it's the coach that you put around those people. So, like, Kawhi Leonard goes to L.A., and he plays with the team in L.A., and he plays for Doc Rivers, who is arguably one of the greatest coaches in the last 15 years. In But only one championship. But coaches can't be defined by championships. Interesting. Coaches have to be defined by – not only their like character, but also the players that they turn around and, and and develop. And if we've learned anything from the LA Clippers is the fact that Doc Rivers has probably the greatest character of anyone in professional sports in the last 50 years. The stuff that that guy went through, and then he was able to right the ship with that team 
and carry on through to the next owner? Yeah, you mean what he, he went through personally, Chris, or what he went through with that with Donald, specific Donald Sterling, the, the original you, 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 owner of the LA Clippers. Donald you can't Sterling. separate what Donald Sterling put Doc Rivers through. You can't separate that personally and professionally because it was both. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's, there's a little, there's a thing on Netflix if you guys want to watch with Doc Rivers, which I think is great too, and, and he touches on that, right? Like, he was, he was the coach, uh, an African-American coach, black coach, and Don Sterling the tape leaked on, on his racist comments. Right. So yeah, absolutely. And you got to look at it too. I, I, I agree with Chris with that. Cause I'll back doc rivers, right? Like, you know, he, he you, look, you look what he did with Rondo, right? Rondo, man, I love Rondo. Rondo is a skilled talent. That, that guy's like a Jace kid. He sees the floor. He knows where a player is going to be beforehand. Like he's got that great vision. Right. But he can, he can be toxic, man. You hear all the reports and I'm a huge Ray Allen fan. He's my, he's my top two. So you know, I, I kind of side with Ray Allen. But you bring in – what do you do with the Celtics in 08? Bringing in Kevin Garnett coming in, right? And Kevin Garnett is one of the, like, the stories you read of, like, intensity, his trash talking. You know, that, that man wanted to win. He's the one that made that saying that Adidas does anything is possible. Right? He wins that championship. That's what he starts screaming, right? It was, it was a glorious moment. But Doc Rivers, you got to manage that, right? That's what Phil Jackson did. I've read a couple of Phil Jackson's books. That's why Phil Jackson was successful in, in LA because he was able to manage that, the, the Eagles of Shaq, Kobe. He had that, he, he had that, and we all saw what he had did with Rodman, right? If you watch the doc, you see what Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. Doc Rivers, isn't that Phil Jackson, but he is kind of like that. And yeah, the chemistry, you're absolutely right, Alex. That's what went wrong with, with LA. Too many, too many trying to compete with like putting together these super teams. You can't have, and I, I would say Kawhi Leonard to me is probably the, the number two player in the league. Like I really would. Thank you, John. I, I you didn't have to say that. If I could, if in I could, LA. if I could jump in here, um, <laughs> this, this, this whole podcast has turned to just talking about the importance of coaching when it comes to championships, it seems like, and, and I think that's a really important question because we keep talking about like new generation versus old generation and the old school of doing things where we're pushing guys like to the point where they're like, throwing up to like the new generation of being all like soft and being all like player focused. And I think there's validity in that, but I mean, yeah, my expertise and the reason I'm on this podcast is obviously hockey. So I don't want to bring it back to hockey so much, but Rick bonus who has been around the league forever is a player's coach was actually like, I mean, I'm, uh, was actually a, a captain of a team and still the assistant coach. Like the guy is like, is totally player focused, non-intensity coach, the stars to a phenomenal run. But it just seems like these coaches like that are player focused and correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I could be wrong. Oh, I will. But but they're not getting the chips. Like they're, they're still not getting, I, I guess you can make the exception. Nick nurse, Nick nurse won a championship. Nick, That's a Nick good one. Nurse, Nick Nurse wasn't coaching that team. Come on, what was, was Nick Nurse Josh? doing? He was one doing the, a lot. He was. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just like still stuck in my ways. Well, like, we're, we're going like, to see this. We're going to see if this plays out with Rick Nash. Like right. the, this gamble that Brooklyn Steve has Nash. made. Steve on, Nash. On Steve, Steve Nash. Nash. Yes. Steve Nash and this gamble that Brooklyn has taken. Oh man! You know, like we're we're, we're going to see what what this is going to play out. What, what a player coach is going to be. Like, yeah. you know, should, I mean, yeah, there's a fine line. Should right? Steve Nash just pull a Ted Lasso and go and coach Premier League somewhere? I don't know. Yeah, man, I think I'll just say this. I think that's a, 
um, Canadian, we're Canadian, Canadian boys, like so much love for Steve Nash. I just worry about him with freaking Kyrie. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest well, with that's the thing. Fan, you. Can't, I was excited Kyrie yeah. coming to town, but I was not sad to see that guy go. I don't know. Have yeah. you guys ever yeah. seen that guy's crossover, though? Oh, man. I oh, watched he had a great Drew. crossover, Chris. He can skate. I watched Uncle Drew. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, that's the thing, talent. But but let me, let me ask you this because you're a football guy, John, and I'm going to direct this to you. Sean McVay for the L.A. Rams. Is yeah. this a player's coach? Like he's a yeah. player's coach. Yeah, man. Coach. I, I would argue, but has he been able to get it done? Has he been yes, able he to has. get no, that? No, Bill Belichick made it to the Thank Super you, Bowl, man. He made it to the Super Bowl. But that's not enough. That's Bowl. not a chip. That's not a chip. That's not going that extra mile. Yes, it is. Okay, he, got good, the, he got the NFC championship. Here. I will say this quickly, Alex. I know you want to just give me one second. <laughs> what you're talking about the coaches, I actually think plays out more in football than it does with everything else. Because if we look at the Jets, if we look at Adam Gase, right, that's an X and O guy. That's all he, he cares about, and he's, he's great at that. But the, the Dolphins, we he's gave great up at on that. The Jets are get, get, giving up on him because he's not a relatable coach. Oh, and okay. I will also say this before we pivot, Alex, I know you want to bring up something and set this conversation going, but if we're talking about greatest player-coach pivots, and we're going to include the Dallas Cowboys here, but the greatest player-coach pivot of all time has awesome. to be Mike Dicta. True story. Oh, it's story time. Here we go. We are kids, and my dad had the Chicago Bears sweater because my dad was uh, – he doesn't really have a team, but he was, like, into the Bears at the time, so he bought a Bears sweater. Because he looks like Dicko. And we're walking down the street in Michigan, and people started honking and, and yelling, hey, coach. And my dad just started, like, waving <laughs> Yeah, why not? That's uh, <laughs> Now we're going to transition to NHL hockey. We're going to do a recap of the 2020 playoffs. We've got a couple of hockey guys, uh, as we've said in this podcast, Jesse and Josh. We're going to lean heavily on you two. So what do you guys think? What went down and any big surprises from this year's playoffs? All right. All right, Josh. So you, yeah. uh, you were the only one in our fucking pool to pick yep. Tampa Bay. Yep. It was a good pick. I would have made the pick, but I fucking hate Tampa Bay. So, and everyone is wondering is the well, Calgary well, thing. Like, yeah, because of the Calgary get, thing. Get over, it. Be, get over it. Get over Yeah, we won a fucking Stanley Cup, and it was taken away from us because Batman and his fucking bullshit wants the fucking right. Southern states to be in on hockey. All right, slow down. I don't want you to get the heart rate up. All right, keep going. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, okay. They were the most talented team. Fucking yeah. loved seeing them get swept by Columbus last year. All right. Okay, they're so, a fucking all star. They're a fucking all star team. So yeah, yeah. There, there, there was no team that. There was no way that team wasn't gonna unless something went horribly wrong. Even with all the injuries, I mean, there was so many storylines. Braden Point, but I mean, you really do have to give it to the Dallas Stars. I think they were. Yeah. What they call them, the comeback kids. Like, I mean, they were a serious threat. Like, if they had won that game six. Like it would, it's a different series. Like they really have a legitimate chance to win this whole thing. So I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, the, the, it was good. I think they did it right as opposed to like the trash, you know, fucking other leagues like NBA or NFL who are like talking about know, the bubble. Yeah, the COVID ridden stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I feel yeah, like a lot of our listeners no... care about the NBA and the NFL. I, I'm just saying, like, like they they did it right. They went through. They they did the bubble. Nobody got hurt. 
and they provided something that was actually really intense. I mean, I, I, I was, I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. Cause I thought it would be like one of these things where if you win it, you're going to get an asterisk next to your name because it was one I, sort of a different for the fashion. record. I never believed that. I knew that it would be incredibly difficult to win this thing. And I, was I never impressed. believed that bullshit from the start. I, I did. Like, I totally did. It's, it's, but, uh, it's, you got to go through a lot of shit to win the cup, even in COVID times. And I think as you, yeah. And for these guys, for these rich spoiled pricks, like, you know, they, this was hard for them, right? They, they couldn't have their strippers. They couldn't have their whatever, you know? Really and, well, I guess Demco, Demco, possibly had some strippers we don't know about that it doesn't seem to the internet seems to have disappeared on that was but it, there's was a lot of plugging that sports blog hope uh, there's an article on that thank you oh you hey. found one? Oh, Le- legit no, question I wrote it Hove. oh you wrote it inside inside scoop on uh, demco and his strippers hey, so i got a legit question inside, for you guys. yeah go john I referenced go john. it so with this bubble so what, what you're saying Hove, which is because again for this hockey guy so i'm not chiming in too much so I thought of the same realm within the NBA, right? So you're saying it's hard to win the cup, which I do agree with. But wouldn't the argument be that, like, everyone had the same amount of rest pre, like, when COVID hit to when this bubble started? So is it still kind of fair? Because that's why I was trying to touch on Phoenix, right? Like, Phoenix won this F and tear. They couldn't make the playoffs. Just that that's a, like a good thing because I'm not a hockey. I don't. Yeah, no, I, I think everybody did have the same. I think it was fair. I think the way. Yeah, I think it was totally fair. Yeah, yeah. I just think it was completely different. I mean, if Listen, the Kings when had, I had to go tree planting in the summers, story. I and I had to be away from my wife for four months so I could make seventeen k. Like you know, I had to live in a tent. I had to sleep in minus three conditions or whatever. That was pretty fucking hard. And these guys, you know, these guys are whining, complaining because they can't be with their family or whatever. And and just I'm just saying, it's it would be more difficult than in a regular time for everybody. What the and fuck are you saying? Yeah, no, I'm you, talking about two things here. Talking about skill wise, like team yeah. wise, right? Like that's what I'm thinking, referring to. Like team wise is like uh, Tampa Bay having the same amount of rest as just because you said Rick Nash, Columbus Blue Jackets. You know what I mean? I don't know if Columbus. Well, I Jackets. think I think what's what's happening. Yeah, that's there, fair. There was this whole not like I mean I think it's been around the league for a while. Like the home the home team advantage. And I think if anything, that was a that was obviously a non-factor because there was no home team advantage. I mean, I know they had like the the crowd sounds and all that stuff, but I always wondered, like, is it really an advantage? Because the 2012 LA Kings, which I'm going to bring up, uh, had one road loss, and it was because they were away from those distractions. They were away from family and from yeah, because I mean, they the couldn't parties. hook their drugs. So, yeah, I think it's because the other team scored more goals than them. In that Just because they weren't game. going to Eddie Murphy's parties. I don't give a but, <laughs> oh, if, if, if we talk right, about uh, the fact of if we talk about the fact of distractions yeah. and people yeah. being on the road, if you look at all of the leagues that have bubbled, and even like with football, football hasn't bubbled either. But if, if you look at specifically baseball, and we're going to come back to the Blue Jays here really quickly, Teoscar Hernandez. Teoscar Hernandez breaks out this year, does everything that everyone ever hoped Teoscar would do. And mm. I think that that has to do with the fact that there's no crowd there. You've got some mm. breakout stars in the mm. NBA. You've got some breakout guys in the NHL because they don't have that pressure of the fans. And it's just back to what the basics of the sport is, just the stick and the puck or the right. stick and the ball and just the ball and the hoop. Is that... We've, yeah. we've seen a huge shift in sports with 
the pandemic. And it's actually been, I think, for the better because it's allowed people to stand out more than what they would have. I wonder if it goes the other way as well, though, with, um, you know, with right. some of the superstars, yeah. the totally. superstars, right? Like you look at yeah. Sagan, what the fuck happened to Sagan? I well, know he was injured. Did well. He was, he was injured, to be fair. Give him, give him credit. But he had chances, man. He had chances yeah. and he was putting yeah. them wide. He I was think, like, no, he was better, a better example is Brad Marchand, who thrives off the crowd booing him. And right. that wasn't there. And he was right. like, kind of a, like, I know they had the perfection line in Boston, but he wasn't the half the player he was if the crowd was behind him and even yeah, that's, okay. Yeah. I get that. Cause like what, what we would think of back in the day with like with Ty Domi playing, right. That was Ty Domi's game. That's what he used. You're the enforcer. You go out there, you start, you know, and if you don't have that crowd backing up in the penalty box, squirting, Oh, who was that? Was that Domi squirting the Philly? Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. Uh, let, let, let me just jump in here, guys. I'm going to, I'm just going to say uh, the person who stole the show for the NHL playoffs for me was, Anton Kudobin, uh, I think he's incredible. What a what a guy! What a goalie! Uh, Love the video, uh, Josh. Could you do the impression for us? Uh, just put you on the spot here. We're not going home. That's yeah. the one. <laughs> Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Incredible. It was not an elimination game. What the hell is he talking about? He was going home anyways. But yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Let's jump to the other sport that's still going on here, gentlemen. Uh, MLB, Major League Baseball. Let's uh, talk about the World Series. Uh, currently, Dodgers. it's 6-1 Dodgers yep. against the Tampa Bay Rays in Game 3. Uh, they're in the top of the seventh inning. Uh, let's talk about any surprises out of, out of the baseball playoffs. Uh, any, go, go ahead. Anyone at all? Uh, I, I, I don't think there's any surprises. Um, the, the Rays have been a competitive team, and they were able to uh, – to get past the New York Yankees. That's the, the that's the long and short of the, uh, of the American league. The Dodgers have dominated the national league for the last number of years. And, you know, some could say that this is their time. I would say that this is their time, but having been someone who's been around the, uh, the Rays organization, they are a great team. Did you work they, for the Blue Jays? Uh, I work with the Blue Jays. I am contracted <laughs> to the Blue Jays. Um, but, like, you know, g- guys like Blake Snell, B- Blake Snell is going to be, like, one of the top-tier pitchers in this league within five years. He already is. We all know this. But uh, Blake Snell is going to be a Hall of Fame pitcher. Blake Snell is going to go in wearing the Tampa Bay hat. You know, I, I'm torn yeah. because I want to see both teams win, but at the same time, at the end of the day, what it comes down to is I feel like the Dodgers have earned this and the Dodgers yeah. deserve this and they are a great team. And Mookie Betts, I love Mookie Betts as a Dodger. As a as a Red Sox, mm-hmm. you know, as a Red As a Red Sox, I love him. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And and the Red Sox passed on him for whatever their reasons are. I'll never and, forgive them. Yeah, and and they gave up David Price and Mookie Betts for uh, for that trade, and you I'm know, ball. like, and you know, David Price goes to uh, <laughs> L.A. like all great Blue Jays go to die. John Axford, Russell Martin. Oh, Russell Martin! I forgot about that. Yeah. Well, any any closing thoughts on the MLB playoffs? 
Mookie Betts has the best smile in the league. Yeah, he does. Great, great, great well, 100%. Team. This is this is probably the most well-deserved playoff since uh, this most well-deserved uh, World Series since 2016. Wow. When the Chicago Cubs won oh, the World Series. Oh, shit, enough with Chicago. Josh. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just loop back to Detroit and their coaching disaster. Which one? <laughs> Patricia. Patricia? Yeah, I think I'm done with Patricia if we're talking about the Lions. I mean, I'm done with them. Although I, I will say, I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just going to put this out there. If I was a fan of any of the Detroit right. teams, or if I lived in like Sarnia or like close to London or anything, I would have no problem being a fan of yeah. all, all, all Detroit teams. I could be a Tigers fan, I could be a Red Wings fan, and I could be a Lions fan if I lived in that area. But I don't, so I'm not. All right, fellas, last but not least, we're going to jump into a really exciting topic. We're going to talk about greatness. That's the theme. And we're going to talk about two of the most intriguing and famous athletes in the world today, Tom Brady and LeBron James. I want to ask you guys who you think is greater at their craft and why that is. Tom Brady has six Super Bowl championships. LeBron now has four NBA titles. I think four NBA finals MVPs. Uh, Tom Brady, I think out of the six, might have five Super Bowl MVPs. I might be off on that. It might be four, but I think it's five. Um, So if we're talking about greatness at their particular craft, who do we think is greater in 2020 and why is that? Okay. So Josh, Josh and Jesse may like know, remember this. Who was the guy who tried to get his like minor league coach killed? He was like, playing Oh, Mike Danton, Mike Danton, yeah, Mike Danton. Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Tom I'm Brady is Mike Danton. This relates. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear this. I want to hear this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is today, good. This is good. Today solidified my opinion that Tom Brady is Mike Danton because Antonio <laughs> Brown just signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rob Gronkowski came out of retirement to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady left his whatever you want to call Boston, New England, whatever, to come down to Tampa Bay Dynasty is the word you're looking for. Yeah, d- dynasty, his, his everything and all, you know, his backup to Drew Bledsoe, whatever you want to call that. Julian Six Edelman titles. has tried to get out of his contract, supposedly. It's not really confirmed, some might say. But the thing is, is that they all can't tell you how much they hate Bill Belichick but they are all willing to play together in the armpit of America that is Florida, in the armpit of Florida that is Tampa Bay. They are all willing to stake their reputations on a fucking gator-infested swamp water of Tampa. Florida. Sounds like a lawless You heard on Tampa, they could win the NHL, the MLB, and the NFL championship all in 2020. And no, COVID. No, no. And, and COVID. No. 
Dude, they can't win. Well, I'm headed down there. I don't care who you have in Tampa Bay. Also, Jesse Owen for the joke of the podcast. Tampa Bay (laughs) win the Super Bowl. Second of all, I'll agree with you first, but here's the kicker about Tom Brady. Tom Brady was going to New Orleans. The Saints wanted Tom Brady. Tom Brady 100%. wanted to go to New Orleans. He, they waited until Drew Brees because Drew Brees wasn't quite too sure yet when the season ended what he was going to do with the thumb. And so New Orleans was waiting for Drew Brees to make his decision. If Drew Brees said, that's it, you know what, I'm done. Tom Brady's in the Saints. The Saints are marching. 100%. But isn't, isn't Brees kind of dried Tampa up? Tampa Bay though, isn't like... there yet. Even with Antonio Brown, even with Leonard Fournette. Oh, man. Even with, like, whatever they're adding right now, they're they're not going to win in 2020. To answer your that... question, Josh, Brees has taken a significant, a significant step back this season. Yeah, well, absolutely. This, is, absolutely, this is Drew Brees' last significant season in the NFL. Yeah. You guys so, – so the problem that I have is the fact that um, – I love the NFC. So, like, all my favorite teams are in the NFC. Like, if you're in the AFC, you basically, unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers to me, you don't mean anything. Wow. Wow. Hurtful. 100%. Yeah. He, I'm just gonna, it's, yeah it would seem like to me that everyone say, except for Al, is going with LeBron. Um, I'm going with LeBron because he actually gives a shit about other people in this world. Well, as no, Tom the, Brady has. The question, the question <laughs> what? is, no, no, fucking talking about. Alex, Alex, you need to let Jesse finish what he was going to say. I appreciate this. Go ahead. I just, I'm just, I'm just saying LeBron actually cares about some issues outside himself, and he didn't support Donald Trump at one point. So like Taco Tuesday, yeah, but but also, <laughs> but also, but also when LeBron was pressed when they were playing in China. Uh, LeBron was like, "Oh, thank you, China and the Chinese yeah. government for having yes, us. Yes, fair I enough. Love fair you enough. Make all our shoes. Because if you want to go back to what me. I said earlier with we're, LeBron, we're right? all uh, whores to capitalism at a certain point. I'll kind of chime well, in a little you. bit with Jesse not. say outside of like. Uh, my point is, is like I'll go back to what I said earlier when we talked about it. Right, Brady, Brady's championships, sure, but you and I have talked about Alex. That that was a well coached organization." That was yeah. you take Brady out with certain things, that guy falls to pieces. I think we're seeing it already with Tampa Bay, right? And you got, you got, you got, you got dominated Teddy, the Packers. You got what? You got Teddy Bridgewater there being the is it Bridgewater who's the OC in uh, in Tampa Bay? No, not Bridgewater. Sorry, that's a you know. Um, he, Bruce, he was, Ari- Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles is the defensive guy. Yeah, yeah, but but the OC is um, an ex quarterback. I think he played for the the Jags a long time ago after Burnell. Oh, okay. The next one, uh, Leftridge, Brian Lake Bortles. No, no, but Brian. Yeah. <laughs> Point is, oh. is I'll just go back and I won't go too far into what I said about LeBron James. Tom Brady has not really changed the game as as an impact on the game as much as like a Drew Brees, who's under who's undersized. You know, to me, yeah, I go with LeBron. LeBron brought the NBA, and he's he's brought it up a bit, man. Like he's he brought this revelation. Brady, yeah, you can't argue with the man. If the definition is greatness, and you're encompassing greatness in terms of your impact on society and your impact with yeah with people you interact with, your teammates. So that that's what I'm hearing you guys say. Why it's LeBron? So you pair that with what he's done on the basketball court. Uh, For me. Brady got, has him in championships. By all accounts, people really like playing with Brady. Um, I know uh, Julian Edelman loves the guy, and I know what you think about Julian, uh, John, and Chris. So, uh, yeah, I think that speaks love for him. itself. Julian loves him. That's. I, I just think I think Tom is terrific, 
And okay, LeBron but Tom is, Brady right. also knocked up his girlfriend, actress, leaves her for a supermodel. Just saying. So we're talking. Okay, can I, can I didn't I, know morality was going to be I'm going on Holmes' point. Oh, thank you, know, John. I'm, usually you're against the morality about, arguments for sports. Yeah, well, can I, can I, I just say? Even, I think outside of leaving a pregnant girlfriend for a supermodel wife, I would say Tom Brady <laughs> has also done that, Alex. But, like, I also look at greatness. Right now, I'm just sticking to, the, like, the sports facts, right? Like, if yeah. you're looking at stats, there is quarterbacks. Hey, Jesse. Way more hey. of Brady. Has stronger arm. Right? If right. you look a lot a lot of Brady's throws are all on like slants and short well, yardage at, you know. Oh come on. If we're talking about greatness, I just want to talk about greatness real quick. But did they if win a championship talking, with Randy Moss? Those are the years they didn't win a championship. They were razor close. I want to talk about greatness because to oh, me so he counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, my friend. Greatness <laughs> greatness <laughs> is, is is not being on top and staying on top or living up to the hype. And I want to <laughs> talk about the said. NBA. Yeah, all right. And I want to talk about the NBA and Jimmy Butler and also the twenty twelve LA Kings who came like eight seed. That's greatness, man. I mean Jimmy Butler, like Sorry, wasn't like twenty twelve the height of like like heroin and cocaine in the in the States. You think in the, the LA Kings? You think of the nineties. No, no. I'm pretty sure that's when they were like, yeah, they were like, he'd be sports athletes as drug mules. Bernardo like, were all like fucking... a ton of drugs. Okay, gentlemen, that's a wrap on episode one of the that sports podcast. I should say we also have a sports blog. If you want to check that out, uh, just type in that sports. You can write my name, Alex McLeod into your Google bar and you should find it. That sports blog. We're going to send you off the same way we brought you in with Steve Benjamin's. This is his song, A Laughing Heart. <laughs> <laughs>